you're listening to the Sassy Solopreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Silva, first-generation Latina, digital entrepreneur, and an online educator. On this show, you're getting an exclusive backstage pass on how I transformed my food blog, A Sassy Spoon, into a sustainable and profitable multi-six-figure business as a party of one. Tune in each and every week for the sassy vibes, authentic, no BS conversations, and actionable advice on how you too can build the profitable food blog business of your dreams. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Sassy Solopreneur Podcast. So excited to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. So in today's episode, I wanted to do a Q&A type of episode, and I'll tell you why. So for the last couple of weeks, if you actually look back, you'll notice that it's kind of been SEO month. <laughs> it, unintentionally, I didn't even realize it was happening, but I have been talking about SEO for the entire month of October. So at the beginning of October, we talked about how to show up as an expert in your food blog's niche, which essentially is all about EEAT. If you haven't heard that one, go back and listen. It's all all good stuff. Um, same thing with this, the SEO strategy that doubled my food blog traffic. That was all about semantic SEO, which was also a great episode. And then last week, we talked about building topical authority to increase your search rankings. I wanted to go into more detail and really, really expand on these topics because it was important to me to show you what Google is now looking for and rewarding us as food bloggers. And so I wanted to take this opportunity today to answer some Q&A. Why? Because I ended up opening a few one-on-one spots. I got so much good feedback from the last three episodes that I had a few of you in my DMs asking for one-on-one. And I, to be honest, I hadn't done one-on-one in years. Aside from one-on-one calls with people in my program, I hadn't just done one-off one-on-one calls in a while. And so I was like, well, let's let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Why not? Let's do these content strategy intensives where we can go in and work together on revamping your content strategy, refining your niche, figuring out what your primary topics are, figuring out what your subtopics are, figuring out your internal linking strategy, and just get a plan on paper so that you know with all confidence in the world what to do with your food blog moving forward. And it's resonated so well so far. And I do plan on opening more one-on-one spots in the future. So look out for that if you're interested. But essentially, I wanted to take today's episode to answer a few questions that they had on the call and even after the call, because I do offer email support after the call. And I wanted to share the questions that they asked with you along with my responses. They gave me full permission to share, obviously. I always ask for permission before. But yeah, I wanted to take this opportunity to share my responses to their questions because I'm sure you have the same questions. So why not, right? Let's let's dive deep into those. And if you have any other questions as you're listening to these, if anything like pops up and you want me to answer them on the pod, I would love to do another episode like this. So reach out to me on Instagram at the Jamie Silva. Let me know what your questions are. And if I get a good bunch of questions, I can do another episode like this. It'll be really good. So before we jump into that, just wanted to remind you 
to rate and review the show either on Apple Podcast or on Spotify. As you know, the more reviews we receive, the more listeners we attract. And also, don't forget to follow along. Follow on Apple Podcast and follow on Spotify. That way you get notifications every time I drop an episode every Wednesday. Okay, let's dive into the first question. I listened to your latest podcast episode where you said that going for keywords with relatively small monthly search volume is okay within your niche because that's how semantic SEO works. But what if a keyword has relatively high monthly search volume and a high competition score in key search? I'm looking at a German cookie recipe, which has a search volume of 9,900 and a competition score of 44. But on page one, there's King Arthur Baking and All Recipes. Is that one still worth going for or should I stick to recipes that have keywords with lower competition scores? Such a good question. And so first things first, sites like All Recipes, Food Network, King Arthur Baking, to me, those are not blogs, okay? To me, I like to think of those as like databases because all they're sharing is a recipe. All they're sharing is ingredients and instructions. That's it. So on topic authority alone, they're not very strong. And many a times I've seen big bloggers and even, you know, regular bloggers outrank websites like that because of the amount of topical authority they have on those specific recipes or those topics. And the fact that we have the opportunity to write so much information and share so much comprehensive, helpful information that's original, of value, just like Google has asked us to do, we've been able to outrank them. It's so easy to do that, too, because they may have high domain authority, but on topical authority, we blow it out of the park, okay? So don't let this discourage you from going after any keyword. If you see all recipes, Food Network, King Arthur Baking, you know, any of these recipe sites that are just sharing the recipe alone, you can still outrank them as long as you're building that topical authority and you're sharing a lot of helpful information, helpful content as Google wants us to do, you can absolutely outrank them. Now, on the contrary, if you see like an ambitious kitchen, (laughs) Sally's baking addiction, a pinch of yum, uh, I would steer clear because those bloggers, those are blogs, number one, and those bloggers have been around forever. They have that longevity working in their favor. And it's just, you know, let's not compete with the big guns here. Okay, that that's when you're like, okay, wait, they're they may not be Food Network, but they're they're still up there. For when it comes to blogging, it's going to be hard to outrank them and it's going to be hard to compete. So in that case, I would absolutely think of another keyword for that. But yeah, when it comes to the other database-esque type of sites, use that as an opportunity to expand on the ingredients, on the techniques, on sharing original content that they're not sharing And even if there's like some secret ingredient or secret shortcut that you can share, that's going to make your site or your your post rather outrank them without a shadow of doubt. Like with like you're going to be able to outrank them for sure. Now, in terms of search volume and going after high search, high competition keywords, I always discourage that because it's just easier to aim for a score 
that is 39 and under in key search, which is in the green, right? Anything in the green is going to be less competition. So it's going to be easier for you to rank for. Uh, as your you know, pages increase, of course, you can continue to move up in that score. But for now, I would stick to the green. Just look at the green, stick to the green. However, as I've mentioned before, don't let the keywords dictate how you're approaching the blog post. I know we're so used to creating our blog post based on a keyword. It's like we do the keyword research first and then we write the blog post. But I, I would suggest that you do the opposite. Write the blog post first in its entirety and then use key search to kind of cross-reference and see if you can enhance the post with keywords. So in this case for her, I did a little bit of a keyword research exercise for her German cookie recipe. She also mentioned the German name that I'm not going to say because I'm going to butcher it. So let's just pretend that <laughs> you know what it is. You can Google it. But I did a quick search for the name, the German name of the cookie, and I filtered it down to 39, to a score of 39 in key search. And I saw that there was like German honey cookie that was in the green, German gingerbread cookie. I saw German gingerbread recipe. And so those are very similar, but they are, they're, it's not just one keyword to go after. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not, you're not going to have just one main keyword and you're just going to use that main keyword and run with it. You can use all of these within the post interchangeably. And at the same time, you also have to remember how people actually search for things on Google. This is where user intent comes in. So are people going to write out the German name for the cookie or are they going to write German honey cookies, German gingerbread cookies? Like always lead with that. Always think what will non-foodie people look for? right? Because we're the foodies here. So we're going to go for the complicated names or the fancy stuff, right? But someone that's a home cook, that's maybe like a beginner home cook, they're not going to know the actual name. I mean, maybe they do, but what if they don't? You want to still aim for both. And you can include both, of course. You can include the German name and a variation of German honey cookies, German gingerbread cookies, etc., Obviously, I don't know very much about this topic, so bear with me. But the idea is that throughout the post, you can include several keywords. It doesn't have to be this one keyword that I'm just going to use the whole time and every heading and all over the place. You can mix and match, okay? Because with semantic SEO and with natural language processing, again, there's not a huge focus with keywords, okay? So don't let this guide you. Don't let this be like, well, I can't do it because all recipe already is ranking for that. No, find a different way to talk about German gingerbread cookies. Find a different approach. Find a different way to bring your own nuance to this blog post that'll blow all recipes out of the water, right? So that's why I recommend to write the blog post expanding on this topic in its entirety using normal English language words and phrases that everyday people use and then going back and enhancing it with those few keywords that you found in key search. Literally like four or five keywords and that's it. And what you're going to find is that for the most part, they're, they're probably already there. 
You know, you already said it. You already mentioned it. So there's no point in having to reiterate it again. It's already there. So you're using key search as more of a cross-reference just to make sure that what you're talking about, you're already like accounting for it. No keyword stuffing, no chasing of search volume. As long as you are writing this in-depth blog post about this topic, you're really expanding on ingredients, on techniques, on recipe variations and tips and tricks and storage info and serving suggestions and all that good stuff, and you're internally linking to other related posts, you're, you're fine. You're perfect. You're doing the right thing. Go for it. Okay. Okay. The next question says, a lot of recipes I'll be developing sort of go hand in hand. For instance, perfectly seared scallops and corn and leek risotto. Sounds delicious. For SEO purposes, should these be two separate recipes that are internally linked together or should they be all in one recipe? Personally, I would recommend doing two separate recipes for each of these and then internally linking to both of them and vice versa. Why? Two reasons. So number one, it's going to be easier for you to explain each recipe in detail and it's going to be easier for your reader to also read through these recipes without having to endlessly scroll through process shots and explanations, etc. Because I'm sure that each recipe is going to have its own nuances and its own specific details that it's just going to be better to keep them both apart. And also, number two is that if you wanted to later on you know, uh, link the risotto to maybe another recipe, like a chicken breast recipe or a salmon recipe or something, you can do that without it having to be linked to your seared scallops because then it's going to be like, oh, I got to link this whole full recipe that has two recipes in one for a salmon recipe. It's kind of like not going to make sense. But if you have the corn and leek risotto separately, you can speak to the how to make the risotto, you know, the whole risotto technique is going to take a lot more process shots than if you have to pull them all together. And the same thing with the seared scallops. The seared, the seared scallops, you can talk about how to purchase them in the grocery store, how to pick the best scallops, when's the best time to buy scallops, how to perfectly cook them from A to Z, right? You have to pat them dry. You have to make sure that the pan is hot before you start searing them. There's so many steps to each one of these recipes. They should absolutely be separate and then linked together. And also, it's going to be easier for your reader. We always have to be thinking of user experience. Let's make this a value for them. Let's make this something where they're going to look forward to like learning more about you, learning more about the recipe, and having all this information in one spot. Not to mention, it'll probably increase your time on site because then they'll be able to jump to another recipe. Because they're like, okay, well, this one was so informative. There's so much info here. I'm going to jump into her seared scallops now and let's see what that's about. And then they'll jump into the salmon and they'll jump into the lobster. They'll jump into all the different ones because of how much you explained in one recipe without overwhelming them. Okay. Now, next question is when I think of new topics to focus on to build topical authority for this purpose, let's say lobster, shrimp, truffle, and tomatoes. Should I focus on making five lobster recipes in a row or should I do one lobster, one shrimp, then another lobster, etc.? Long story short, should I focus on one topic and bang it all out, link them all together before going on to the next topic? 
So this is totally up to you. I mean, if you want to post them all at once and internally link them to each other, totally fine. Our blogs nowadays do not have a chronological feed like they used to have in the past where the homepage would literally be the entire feed and it would show everything in the order was posted. Now our food blogs are, you know, they have categories. The first page is usually just categories and that blog feed is like non-existent at this point. So you can absolutely get away with posting them all at once, internally linking them all, and then just checking that topic off the list. You can do that. You can also think about systems like I do all the time because I'm a nerd. (laughs) And think of it like if I have five lobsters sitting in my fridge, then I'm going to hash them out in a week, get them photographed, and then start scheduling out the post little by little. But I can also decide to do all the quick recipes first. So if I have within those topics, I have a few 30-minute recipes that I can maybe bang out in like a Tuesday or something, then I'll get those done and get them batched. And so they're also ready to schedule out. So it really is dependent on how you want to approach this. If you want to go through the whole content workflow system, it's something I teach in the Blueprint. Um, If you want to do this whole prepping and planning, batching, all before you start creating the blog post, you can do that. You can bang them all out by topic. I mean, it really is depending on how you want to approach it. As long as you're internally linking the post that you just published to any related existing recipes and vice versa, you're fine. That is top priority. You can sit here and hash out a bunch of recipes, but if you're not doing the work internally where you're not connecting the two and building that web, on the World Wide Web, right? If you're not building that web, then it's not going to do the SEO juice work that it's supposed to do, right? This is how Google sees you building topical authority is being able to link all these recipes together so they can see that there is a commonality. They can see you as the expert in these certain topics. And so that's all for today's episode. I hope you found this mini Q&A valuable. I hope that these questions and answers got your juices flowing and maybe you had some light bulb moments in in the process. If you have any additional questions, I would love to do another episode like this. So pop them in my DMs at Silva on Instagram. And don't forget to rate and review the show. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one.